person I most like to be analytical and self-deprecating with is my sister. She can take it. She tells me to reframe. Everyone could benefit from a conversation with her. She's who I go to when I need to dissect the hard topics that I wake up obsessing about. I'll ask tons of questions and she'll sister us through via text or wine or coffee. All useful vices since the Davy sisters are a strong cup of coffee. So come here if you can relate or need some sistering yourself. There'll be lots of laughter and a whole lot of reframing as we work our way through some of life's big and small stuff together. Our guest today is best known as host of CBC's The Debaters. He is a multiple award-winning stand-up comedian and author of the book of letters I didn't know where to send, and most recently, Dad Up. Hey Steve, thanks for joining us on Sister On. Oh, hi. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be an honorary sister. <laughs> How's your summer going? How was Montreal? And I'm not spying on you or anything, but I do know that your travel schedule is quite specific, thanks to my friendship with your lovely Nancy. Yes. Well, I should point out we didn't go to Montreal. We went to Hudson, Quebec. Got to give it a shout out. It's the English part of Quebec, uh, just beyond the border. So a cool. little, little easier for me to get around. Scarlett's good at French, but I'm not. <laughs> That's because you, your family... Well, I, it's from around there. My uh, my wife's sister lives there, yeah. Okay, cool. And I wanted to kind of give Becca this little preamble because she doesn't actually know this piece, but it was actually Clifford, my husband, and Nancy who connected us at the very, very beginning back when they spotted each other across a crowded room of the Early Learning Year Center <laughs> and thought, I want that kid to be friends with my kid. And Scarlett and Frankie, our two little ones, have never really looked back. Which That's is pretty true. amazing. That's true. And I mean, Clifford's the only dad I've seen who literally carried his child on his back everywhere. He carried Frankie in a backpack everywhere. He did, didn't he? Yeah. That was like a very... It's dedication, I tell you. <laughs> and it was. It was like an image through the junction, actually. That's funny because lots of people remember that very specific Absolutely. picture. Oh, that's a riot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so it's really funny because we, our family, my family and my parents, we ended up we had a pandemic moment and we bought a farm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, decided to be farmers. But so it's um, Prince Edward County, but in Picton, I saw your book in the bookstore in Picton oh. on like front and center in the humor section. Lovely. Right there. And I was like, that's, how does that make you feel? I makes, well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the county and Picton. I did a show it there a few years ago and uh, brought Nancy and her, and her family came from Quebec to watch as well, and we just went around to wineries. I actually got my mother-in-law drunk, um, <laughs> and she had to have a nap before showtime, so I, it was a big moment for me. That's true, wine in the afternoon, it does, it does lead to the need for a nap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, but so it's interesting, because I do know you from listening to the debaters, actually I listened to an episode this morning just to Freshen up. It was the one set. It was the one in Nanaimo on gardening. You did so many seasons, so I don't know. Could you remember that one? Uh, I mean, not specifically, that but would... I hope it was a good one. It was really funny, actually, and your voice is so distinctive. But so now you are also a writer. I mean, book writer. I guess you always were a writer. I mean, comedians are writers, but this is something new for you as you explore this new chapter of your life as a dad. Yeah, I did a book before called The Book of Letters I Didn't Know Where to Send. And yeah. that's uh, okay. a sort of 
uh, a literary agent was in the sh crowd one night and I would read letters as part of my stand-up and he just said, you should put those in a book, which <laughs> should have occurred to me naturally, but it didn't. So uh, he having that literary agent has helped me get other, you know, I don't really go out looking myself for opportunities to write things. He just kind of sees, you know, sees what we can do. And uh, and that's been great. This book was a little bit tougher to write than a bunch of, bunch of letters because I had to do it in the middle of the night when my children were... Yeah. supposed to be sleeping but it was uh yeah it was it's, so it's it's gonna it's nice it's a different muscle than stand-up but i like it but it was this was kind of his idea for his suggestion that you go take a stab at another one another book yeah no he's always asking me what i'm working <laughs> on and that's that prompts me to make up things that i've been working on uh right. <laughs> so the, <laughs> this one was pretty organic because i had to write about being a dad because that's what i was experiencing mostly and then the, the publisher just happened to be looking for a parenting book by uh, by someone that would have a little bit of a following. So it, it just kind of all came together, really. Okay, cool. That's a good... When it happens naturally like that. Do you want to read something? Like anything in the, yeah, like the anything news? Yeah, from the book? Or oh, the, from, from, from my from book. <laughs> just, just anything so we can hear your voice. No, specifically from oh, your book. Oh, <laughs> sure. You know what? I, uh, I will read... I was trying to think, it, Nance told me you guys might want a reading, and then I thought, well, I've done a couple for a couple different places, but I've never done this one. And this, oh, cool. okay. this story actually occurred in the junction, so I thought I might as well. Oh, how appropriate. It's about, it's about bullying. Um, but <laughs> oh, I, I like, I like I know this, this one, actually. Yeah, this should ring true, I hope. <laughs> Sometimes you have to deal with bullies the old-fashioned way. Like the time Scarlett and I were at the local playground where lots of the neighborhood kids go. Most of the kids know each other, but there are always a few new faces. On this particular day, there were a handful of kids around, including one rather large boy who may have been five or 15. This oversized little guy had declared himself king of the castle and was standing at the top of one of the slides, not letting other kids go down or come up. Now I know kids are not technically supposed to go up slides, but if you always abide by the rules, you'll always be letting the man keep you down, man. Anyway, as several little children tried to get to the top of the slide, this little big bully would put out his arm to stop them. He wasn't punching or hitting, but he was pushing. Some of the kids were it's a big story. It's over two pages. Some of the kids were starting to cry. I was getting ready to intervene. I intended to politely ask the little shit, sorry, uh, if he wouldn't mind letting some of the other kids on the slide when Scarlett took it upon herself to step in. She approached stealthily from behind the bully, keeping low to the ground, the default position for a four-year-old. Then, when he was looking the other way, pushing other kids, she calmly but firmly kicked him in the arse. As a matter of fact, she kicked him in the arse hard enough that he flew over the slide and beyond the kids he had been pushing, landing face first in some wood chips on the ground. The other children cheered as they made their way to the top of the slide. The little bully, unhurt except for his pride, started to cry, making the wood chips he had landed in stick to his face. His mother, who had been sitting on a bench looking at her phone, oblivious to everything, looked up and asked, What happened? 
The bully pointed at sweet little Scarlet at the bottom of the slide and said, she kicked me. The mom looked at Scarlet's smiling face and then at mine, realized the similarities and said, your daughter pushed my son. <laughs> to which I happily replied, I don't mind. <laughs> it was a lovely moment for all of us, except the bully and his mom, which somehow made it even lovelier. Now, I'm not saying that all confrontations with bullies can be solved with a quick-witted line or an even quicker kick to the arse. As kids grow older, they grow more sophisticated. And sadly, these days, the bullies don't have to step away from their computers or phones to do the bullying. They do it anonymously online, the most cowardly type of bullying there is. I didn't realize we would have to start teaching Scarlett to deal with bullies as early as kindergarten. I was hoping she wouldn't know what bullies were for at least a few more years yet. But in reality, bullying starts early, and if it's not stopped in its tracks, it gets worse. So even though I'm a dad who grew up the youngest of five sons and I'm now raising two daughters, I'm gonna make damn sure my girls learn the lessons that my dad taught me. One, don't be an arsehole to others. Two, don't start fights, but know how to finish them and do it with repartee wherever possible, or a firm <laughs> kick to the arse when absolutely necessary. And the third lesson is the one Scarlett taught me, that playground bully, and hopefully his mom that day. Never underestimate a little girl with a big smile and an even bigger kick. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's I really good. I should have asked if I could use a couple of those words before I read it. Sorry, I didn't no, realize. Perfect. Pretty <laughs> salty. Pretty salty. What is this? this is, a sailor this, show? Yeah, well, Bring is, the salt. Our podcast is salt. new, so we don't... Oh, we good. Don't know if we, we don't know if we like those words. I think we do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we're into it. <laughs> That's really great, and I do love... And the I don't mind, like your response, I don't mind, that... That's true? Uh, did you... It's, well, I didn't realize that. That's actually a callback to a, something Scarlett did to me when I told her not oh, okay. to do yeah, something. earlier in the book. And she said, I don't mind. Is <laughs> that it, about coming down the stairs? Yes, with the, okay. with the chair larger than herself. <laughs> So. That is a hilarious moment too, though. I don't mind. Yeah, I like it. Um, that's great. That's a that's a fabulous passage. Excellent story. Mm, um, it it's interesting because we our dad is actually Irish. Nice. So, Congratulations. So, so, <laughs> yes, thank you. So our grandparents are Irish, of course. Yeah. Um, so in his his stories about what his experiences growing up with Irish parents is interesting because they were you know our experience they were you know, very hardworking, not very emotional, like didn't express feelings. Um, and it's interesting, your exploration of, um, your dad mostly, I guess, but you had Irish parents, you are of Irish descent. So we were curious about how much of your parenting, and you touch on this a bit in the book, is kind of a reaction to your Irish upbringing. Do you feel it's a reaction? Or, I mean, often parenting is a reaction maybe we don't even mean it to be but we're trying to be different or trying right. to the good things we're trying to do as well I don't know if you could talk about that a little bit um, I think in my personal experience and it became very clear as I was writing the book that I sort of want a dad in a very different way than my dad did yeah. and mm -hmm. it's really not a slam to him it was a different time and I do believe that in a lot of ways, boys have to be parented differently than girls. And I'm not trying to draw a system. I'm obviously all four girls included in everything now. Um, yeah. 
as a young boy in the 70s, my dad, you know, with five sons, didn't really <laughs> didn't really think too much about I, I, how he would have parented a girl. I don't I don't know. We never really had girls in the house. It was all boys. And I really feel bad for my mom looking back. I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of boys. Yeah, it's a lot of boys. <laughs> and I think that, you know, uh, little things like just expecting that I would want to be into, you know, activities like bike riding and all the different sports and and so many people don't think that maybe their girls will want to be involved in that and why wouldn't they i mean my you know scarlet's uh, went out on the vine playground again near near our neighborhood and just became this great little skater without me teaching her just on her own got the feel for it and and then boys were playing hockey one day and she wanted to play and they didn't want to let her play at first and i uh i gently convinced them to and uh it turned out that she's one of the better players and she's good and she loves hockey. And, you know, so I think that hopefully stereotypes are falling now. And um, mm. especially when you watch things like the Olympics and the women vastly outperform the men. Uh, yes. Yeah. If, if anything, <laughs> the, the boys should have to should have to come crawling for funding and we should give it all to the women because they seem to be winning everything. So. Oh That's gosh, true. Yeah. yeah. Hey, in chapter 18, you talk about, because I remember it very specifically, wow. yeah. it's called and The Kids Are All Right. And she's oh. an academic, so she, I can't, know. She, she can't put that away. It's just, you know, <laughs> I have to, in fact, I have, I have page numbers. <laughs> of course you do. But anyways, here we go. So in, in chapter 18, though, where you call, it's called The Kids Are All Right, you develop um, a little bit more about the sisterly dynamic, because obviously we've talked about Scarlett, but then Nora came along. Mm-hmm. And... I was really struck by that because you described uh, a point where Scarlett wrote a song for Nora, which yeah. was pretty wonderful. But um, even as Becca and I are sitting here as sisters doing this project together, and I'm the elder sister, and at the same time, and you know, we can go down that road at many different points here where Rebecca has taught me many things. I'm wondering if you're already seeing Nora becoming the wizened elder. No, like Nora or Scarlet? Any... You mean Scarlet? No, Nora. Oh, Nora. Nora. I'm wondering if you're seeing any sort of like role reversal stuff in terms of Scarlet being taught something by her little doll. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, right now there's enough of a difference and they're so young because Nora just turned two that I think mm-hmm. Scarlet, Scarlet can, at this point, still win, win with brute force in an argument if she had to. <laughs> I don't want it to come to that, but that's... Certainly how my brother and I resolved everything and it didn't go well for me for many years. But um, I think that Nora, you know, I touch on the fact that she's just come out as less empathetic. And I mean that in a good way. Uh, Scarlett, like her mom, takes on everyone's feelings around her and wants to be friends with everyone which is not a bad thing. But Nora literally couldn't care less. And I can tell it's not just a phase she's going mm-hmm. through. She's going to do what she wants to do. And, you know, if someone doesn't want to sit beside her at some point, that's their problem, not hers. She's mm-hmm. she's very much already aware of that. And I, I don't see that changing with her. It's just she's totally different at her age than, than Scarlett was. So hopefully she'll be able to teach her a little bit of that. You know, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to... <laughs> You don't have to have everyone like you because um, sometimes it's their problem, not yours. And I think that's an important thing to have in life. And Scarlett's really, really, and again, I don't want her to you know, not be open to everyone, but 
if you meet Scarlett at the park within two minutes of meeting her, <laughs> you'll know where we live, um, <laughs> you know, the names of all our family members, what we're doing that week, and if she has time, all our banking information. So that's, <laughs> it's a little too open. We're trying to work on that. She's just so open to the world, kind of. She is, and I don't, yeah, I don't want to close her, but I also, at some point, you got to, you got to know when people aren't worth it, you know, which is maybe maybe not a good lesson here. Yeah, and I didn't realize you two were sisters' sisters. I thought it was in the uh, colloquial sisterhood, but you're sisters' sisters. We're like sisters' sisters. Sister, oh, sister. Wow. Yeah. So actually, I wanted to say, Natalie, what? So you are older. What have you learned from? There me? it is. The younger sister. Oh man, I've I like learned this. so many things. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I am. Uh, I'm a teacher and. I, you know, I like to call myself an academic at some level. I've done that kind of gig a bit. And Rebecca is an artist and a writer and a producer. And so I've learned so much about um, life through Rebecca's eyes that I probably, we were just joking before you got on, Steve, about um, a friend of ours who we had both taken a course with at one point. And Rebecca was like, you know, I always knew that I, I could do what she did we both got the same marks and I was like yeah and I always knew I cared less <laughs> I cared because I didn't actually care that my mark wasn't as good as hers right. so there was something about I mean I, I'm really feeling what you're describing of Nora and Scarlett and me with Beck but I do remember when I was really a big fan of the of the young and the restless and so I wanted to put forward like a really dramatic scene for like I guess myself and so I made Rebecca I was nine I made my seven-year-old Rebecca lock you were watching that when yeah. you were nine? Oh yeah totally and I really had <laughs> but I loved it and oh my gosh so I had Rebecca lock me in our backyard shed because I wanted to do a scene where I would like feel trapped and have to like bang on a window to get out it's very method now. and then Becca walked away like she left me locked in the shed so I really did have to bang and I broke the window and dad got mad at me and it was totally Rebecca's fault okay but what did you learn from me so I learned I learned to take care of myself you had yeah. to go and do so you were off I had to go get an apple you had to go get an apple and read a book or something and I had to figure that out so <laughs> anyway, so there was much of that. Okay, Steve, back to you. <laughs> do you think any, actually just thinking older, younger, sticking with that one, do you think any birth order stuff in terms of like stereotypes around older being more responsible, younger being more free creative, are you seeing some of that with your girls already too? Also, I've heard that older is higher IQ. I don't like to say that because I'm the younger one, but I <laughs> That's uh. That's quite possible. That hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm the youngest of five, so you can imagine. So it hurts you too. You can imagine where I am on that scale, yeah. Um, I I don't know yet with, with Nora. She uh, Scarlett's very artistic and creative, actually. So, I, you know, mm. I'll wait to see what happens with Nora. I've noticed that Nora is a bit more, and Scarlett's pretty athletic, but Nora, for whatever reason, just can kick a ball already. Like, is just doing things that kids her age aren't even normally interested in in like mm -hmm. like uh playing playing catch for real like catching the ball and throwing it back so i've i've noticed that i don't know that she'll be um you know i, I think that she'll there's probably something to that i mean i'm a comedian and i find it most most artists of any sort seem to be the younger sibling for some mm -hmm. reason and my brother john my oldest brother is literally the most responsible person I know. So there's <laughs> there's uh, certainly something to be said for that. I think it's too mm -hmm. early for me to tell with my girls who's going to go off on which uh, 
which path. Yeah. Mm. You could just label them right now. <laughs> no, I <laughs> and really set them just, up for success. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I won't decided. do that. Like I, I will say that. <laughs> I, I will say that we went to a Discovery Center in Halifax before Nora came along when Scarlett was about three. I think she's about three, and uh, there was a stage as one of the centers at the Discovery Center, it was a construction site, uh, science center, stage, grocery store. Scarlett went to the stage, and there was like a a school tour going through of like four, fourth or fifth graders. And she just saw it was a stage. She knew that I performed on stage. She might've been four. And she just started directing people. Like she just was like, okay, the show is starting. And people were like, I guess this is part of a show that happened. And they sat down and there was a teacher at the lights and she said, stop doing that. Like she's like red lights, not blue. So she, maybe we'll, that's maybe we'll be a director. Maybe that's where yeah. all this is going. I don't know. Right. Well, and if you, I mean, having a lot of empathy, I think is an asset as a director. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I find this is kind of interesting, but so Nat is older, but I became the parent first. This is related to you thinking of yourself as an old dad, Mm -hmm. that you do talk about that in the book. But I find it interesting because I have, I have an eight year old and a 12 year old, but the 12 year old that makes me feel old. <laughs> so it's like confusing. So I am the youngest, but I have the oldest child. So that makes, but yet I feel like there's also in society now, I think it's kind of cool to have young kids, but not old kids. <laughs> <laughs> so my question for you is, um, so you have, you feel like an old dad, but you have young kids. Mm-hmm. So does that, does that make you feel younger in a way? Like, <laughs> if you follow my logic, and does that make you cool? Like, because oh. you've got young, like you've got, you're cool because you have young kids. Like, right. if, like if you were an old dad with like 15, a 15-year-old, that would like solidify your status, I think, as like oh. old dad. Oh, <laughs> but I, you have got like young kids, right. so does that, does that make you feel cooler? Did I just like break open something for you uh, that you can now be a cool dad uh, well, cool young dad yeah I've never thought of myself as cool in any respect so I and I've given up trying to be honest which is nice I mean I'm yeah. when I'm walking around the hood I'm not cruising I've got you know two girls and a dog and I, I, I often if my flip flops are the only things I could wear with my socks I'm doing it I get it now I get it now dads yeah. we're not who are we trying to impress nobody so there's there's less pressure for that but i i mean i'm just chronologically an old dad I'm 50 with a two-year-old is a pretty big pretty big gap but it does it makes me want to be around a little longer and stay in shape longer but i don't i don't think there's a cool factor to, i'm not really you're not you're trying. not in you're not, you're not seeking that okay i'm not i will say that whenever i guess it's true with a lot of kids but or maybe all kids but like nora just puts things on cool like she we gave her a hat and she just put it on to a tilt. And I'm like, well, who taught? I don't know why she's, she's, she, she instantly looks cooler in everything than I've ever looked in anything in my life. And I don't know what, I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's an inherent coolness that came from Nancy's side because it didn't come yeah. from mine. That's interesting though. Cause I wonder if there's less pressure on dads. Like I feel like in the Instagram culture of mom culture mm-hmm. is maybe puts more pressure. Like the fact that I'm thinking of cool and like, yeah, I don't worry about, about that so much. <laughs> that either says a lot about me, or I think there's also, um, like, maybe it's just being a dad is more 
embraced. Mm-hmm. We're like moms are anyway. I don't this know, could be something to us. That's to something we can something analyze later, later on, on Steve. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna work through this, Steve, yeah. and you may show up in places where you don't even anticipate I mean, showing up. If you guys <laughs> want to get into a debate, I can moderate it, but that's <laughs> yeah. sort of another gig of mine. Moms need to be cool or mom yeah. Well, I do well, th- I, I do think there's more pressure. Sorry, Nat to cut you up. No, no, yeah. go ahead. I, I do think there's more pressure on moms because uh you know, Nance has talked about times she's out at a store and Scarlett's, you know, wearing whatever she's wearing. She's dressed herself. So it's, uh, mm. and, and other moms have commented like, oh, that's a lot of pattern or something. <laughs> Whereas I've literally shown up to a soccer game with Scarlett without her soccer shoes. And people are just like, oh, good for you. You made it. You got her you here. Got it here. Yeah. So I, I think there's different standards for sure. Yeah. And actually, I do appreciate that in your book, how you, you give so many kudos to Nancy, yeah. yeah. Shout out to the mom doing the, the I'm constant <laughs> breastfeeding. Yeah, all no, those she's. Things that... I, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of moms of young children, especially since the last year there was no break from the young mm. children. So that's that's yeah. relentless. Yeah, relentless is the <laughs> yeah. word. Yeah, good word. Thank you. <laughs> when, when I texted Nancy um, to kind of get ready for this, she actually sent back, "Oh, I'm so excited for this. I would love to do something with my own sister." And then she said, "I'm actually." The girls have fallen asleep holding hands. Yeah. Which was just such a cute picture. But it made me wonder, and like, you know, I don't know how you want to sort of ponder this for yourself, but I have heard dads talk about um, jealousy of like the bond between the mom and the kid, which certainly you you actually sort of refer to the bond that Nancy has with the girls differently in the book. Mm -hmm. But what about... The, do you feel like there might ever be a point where you might be jealous of or have to navigate some big feelings of the bond between your two girls? Because at some point they're not going to need you. Like that, I'll, that you. I'll be jealous well, Yeah, oh. for real. Because, because like, Rebecca okay, and I. Oh. This is how we think. Yeah, that's all interesting. These really big, so I feel like I can see your face going, okay. Sorry. What's up? Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's no one's what's, what's the name of this podcast again? You're, you're, you're almost useless, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but for real, Steve, this is like a thing, and you might have to sort of, you know, prep your brain for this. Right. Can you talk to us about your feelings of jealousy? <laughs> I mean, it's funny because literally just this morning, I dropped Scarlett off at a synchro swimming lesson that she's never been, like she had done some before. This is a new place we I took her to. And, you know, they said drop off the kids, but she's younger than most of them. So I was waiting outside with her, and all the other parents left except for one other parent. And Scarlett kind of looked at me like, why, why are you still here? And I'm like, well, because you're not inside yet. I just want to see you go inside. She's like, dad, I got it. And I'm like, okay, you're six. Like you're not 16. So I get it, but I'm also really excited for her to be independent. I just want her to know that I'm always there when she needs me. I know there will be a time relatively soon, I guess, Nat. That, uh, <laughs> that she won't need me, but like I, I've got a little bit more. I, I probably gave Nora the gene of like <laughs> everyone's okay on their own. Everyone, you know, you're okay. I'll do what I can, but uh, if someone has a problem, it's it's their problem, and I'll try to help if I can. But that's that's some good maturity. <laughs> it's also like a yeah. real gift. That's amazing. It is interesting though how often I turn to my sister. Mm-hmm. So that's something to like savor for your girls, which I think is so amazing. I, I, I really hope they, they have that. And I mean, other than Scarlett 
trying to catapult her sister over the fence <laughs> in a hammock, which I wrote about. They've they've been pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's that's scary. That would that would have been scary <laughs> to witness. <laughs> so, are you like? Would you be? Would it be your worst nightmare if one of them wanted to be a comedian? Like, would you just? Or you would be like like? Do you hope one of them goes into the arts? Or you you no dreams that way one way or the other I mean sports sports baseball player well I just like do you have a anything you you know if they did that that would be so satisfying or I mean I I think they could do whatever they want selfishly I'd love it to be something I can watch <laughs> whether it's right. whether it's athletic or performer I'd love to just be able to be you know in the audience cheering them on um which I guess I could still do if they're surgeons. They have those little uh, theaters in the operating room. Yeah. <laughs> um, 40 to Grey's Anatomy, they have those spaces, Yeah, so. I want them to be on Grey's Anatomy. I figure it'll still be running <laughs> 25 years. It will be, yeah. it will be. Um, Actually, yeah, just, YNR is so. Well, you and YNR, yeah. I have, I've got questions about Victor Newman, but I'll say. Victor, <laughs> I know, me too. Like he was, Nikki. He was, Nikki was all Nikki for me. He was already uh, like a Sharpe when I was watching. <laughs> What is, is his face just one wrinkle with a little bit of eye now? I don't know. It's a lot of tan. Oh, my it's God. <laughs> That's so funny, though. Yesterday, I was in Thornbury, Ontario, and I went... You know, if we're going to drop names... <laughs> Where were you in Ontario? Um, and we were at this farmer's market, and it was so sweet. Like, this guy was singing with his guitar. He maybe was... He could have been in his late 30s, maybe early 40s, and his... And his lyrics were like, I like you and you like me. I like you and you like me. And it just kind of those repeated lyrics on and on and on. So it was like, oh, that's, you know, if you were 20, that would seem cooler. But his dad, it seemed like his dad was sitting in like a camping chair just behind him. Oh, And it was so sweet. Like the dad there for him, like whatever, like oh. I don't love your lyrics, but your dad is... The champion yeah. behind you. I don't know. I found that quite moving, actually, in Thornbury, Ontario. Oh, yeah. that is actually really beautiful. It is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, my my dad wasn't crazy about the idea of me being a comedian when I told him I wasn't going <laughs> to go to law school, as expected. But, um, <laughs> but he's, you know, he took him a while to come around. But when he's come to shows and sat in the audience, it's it's mm. been a great moment. And I, you know, it doesn't have to be that moment for everyone but it's uh i'll be proud of them whatever they do i just selfishly hope it's something i can watch you know yeah in the intro to our podcast we talk about um reframing as something that becca and i do a lot of just in life in general but definitely Particularly not she's yeah. really good at <laughs> seeing something different i try and, well you know what i actually don't try it sort of seems to be something that comes pretty naturally and to perhaps to my detriment at times but do you ever reframe your own bad parenting moments like is that a thing for you or how do you if you do I, by reframe do you sort of mean forgive myself or uh, or look at it as oh. a positive where it could have been a negative well i like that addition to it i think it might have been more like looking at it as a positive but yeah. the forgiveness piece is fantastic yeah you know i uh i'm pretty <laughs> i am uh i i forgive myself maybe too easily i mean i maybe i'm maybe i'm the other side of it like i i figure i figure if everyone's safe when nancy gets home after an hour or two away i've done my job if they're crying they're crying it means they're alive you know um but i uh honestly i i can only do as much as i can and i think that that's 
I think everyone needs to forgive themselves a little bit more as long as you're trying your hardest, obviously, you know, doing your research. Nancy's really hard on herself and I, uh, mm. I have to point out that there's no such thing as a perfect parent, but she is, mm-hmm. she is about as close to it as you possibly can get in my opinion. So mm. I, I do think that, you know, I don't know if I reframe things. I just am like, well, they're okay. You know, you did, you didn't, you maybe didn't do the exact right thing, but then you made up for it quickly. And I think that, um, strangely enough, being a comedian has, <laughs> has taught me a bit about that. Sometimes a joke doesn't go as well as you hope, but the good comedians can still save things after that. And, uh, I think that it's, you know, there's little moments within each parenting moment that if you make a mistake, you can still, you can still fix it before the end. So. Mm-hmm. That's a nice way to look at it. Yeah. But what was the good moment there? That's right. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, as we wrap, what, um, any cute, really cute thing that Nora Scarlett did on your trip or this morning? Oh, well, uh, like I think it was yesterday, <laughs> Nancy took a picture of it because she always does. And th- I mean, I think it's another thing when you talk about moms versus dads, I think moms just generally take more pictures. And the fact that there's enough technology now <laughs> that you can take, I think that's true. you can yeah. take photos of literally your entire childhood. Um, <laughs> you know, she just, she's finding all these great moments, which are great, but I tend to just look at them and put them in my memory banks instead of search for the phone to get them out. But uh, the girls, you know, had, had cuddled up to each other. Uh, we're watching TV, which uh, depending on which side of the spectrum you're on may or may not be good. But again, I'm already over it. The show was, uh, <laughs> the show was pretty good. It's one that I hadn't seen. Um, and, uh, they were just cuddled up and Nora was, you know, just feeling very safe. And Scarlett was just kind of playing with her, with her hair. And they didn't know we were watching them, which is a different kind of behavior than, than you'd think. And, uh, she was really, she was really proud in that moment. Nance got some pride of, her, of herself that how, how, how well the girls were getting along with each other. And I can see, I can see why, you know, um, it's, again, it's totally different than my brothers and I grew up. It was a different kind mm-hmm. like we'd come in and punch each other in the face to say hello. So it was, uh, it was a different kind of upbringing, but, um, you know, I, I think that there's moments, there's certainly moments every day. Nora's at, at two years old. You remember two-year-olds, right? It's, uh, mm-hmm. they say terrible twos, but honestly, I love it. It's, she's just grooving to everything. She's always got her own song going on in her head. She plays piano half decent. She's never been given a lesson. We just have my, <laughs> my mom's old piano in the house and she just goes in and she usually plays the low notes. So it's, it's like there's a horror movie going on in her home at any time, but she does it adorably. And, um, and Scarlett's, She's coming into her own. She's like uh, going to be seven, but I feel like she's a sort of a teenager in some ways already. So that's that's a warning sign, I guess. But um, but then there's those moments when she's a really good big sister that is, I think, keeping her keeping her young, you know, which is which is good. Yeah. Well, Becca picked up Dad up oh. in Picton, supporting a small bookstore there. Cheers. And yeah. I picked up Dad up in type books in oh, the junction so also great. supporting a small bookstore here so we are encourage um, people listening yeah to, to read about the dad experience yeah it was actually i really enjoyed it actually. well thank you thank um, you it's um i like kind of angsty angsty female writing but i, I was surprised <laughs> by this, but it was like well yeah, this is I, Here's. <laughs> like it's interest. It's fun to read about the dad experience and like even like letting things go a little bit. There's something to be learned for for sure. Yeah. Women, mothers, like obsessing. Like we don't have. To yeah, do that. but I do. But I mean, I just hope that 
you know, every dad realizes how good he's got it when he's got a great partner. I think that uh, I mm. would really be, I, don't, I honestly don't know what I would be trying, you know, Nancy's dad, uh, unfortunately, her mom passed away when she was three. So uh, her dad had to do it largely mm. alone. And he had a lot of support from immediate mm -hmm. family, which I don't have in the city. So, I mean, it was, you know, I'm just really, really thankful that, uh, that my girls have a great mom because it puts a little less pressure on <laughs> on everything I do I, and uh, I'm not trying to set a record for screwing up but I mean uh, <laughs> I've you know when you do screw up you know there's someone there <laughs> to fix it yeah and, I, and there were there I counted there were a lot in the screw book. ups oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there's at least three per chapter yeah. there's 30 chapters so. <laughs> Steve, thanks so much. We really, really appreciate you hanging out Thank with us. Thank you for having me. And yeah. it's uh, nice to put a sister face to the name. Yeah. Sister, sister on. on. Matt, where does it, where does it come from? Oh, it, keeps, it comes from Keep Calm, Carry On. Yeah. Sister I on. I like it. Is that obvious to you? I think Was it, it obvious I, to you? I literally just, just found out you two were actual <laughs> sisters in this podcast. <laughs> How could that be obvious to me? <laughs> now, I mean, okay. now I get it. I just it. need some validation that my. <laughs> now I get it, of course, but sub subconsciously, right? Like, was it no, awesome? I mean, uh, but I'm not a bright person, so I'm sure, I'm sure to fellow academics and females who are generally smarter than men, it's perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. We really thanks a lot. Say hi to Nancy and the For girls. sure, we'll see you in the hood. Okay, Bye. Okay. Talk soon.